0: And welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with me, Delia Delore. The podcast where we walk and talk our way through popular mottos, mantras and metaphors, tracing their contents and history. Each week we have a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression. Happy Easter everyone and I'm going to enjoy it by tasting delicious chocolate. I love milk chocolate. I know they say that dark chocolate is better for you but I love the milky ones. I used to love the ones with the just nuts but now I love all types of chocolates especially the ones with mint in the inside and caramel and toffee and oh my gosh. Anyway when I do all that I don't forget the religious aspect of it and I particularly remember when I was much much younger and my mother took me to church. I used to look forward to Easter mass because they used to have those cream eggs and I never really liked cream eggs but it was just the fact that I could just eat around the chocolatey bits and sometimes I would get two. I'd go to one person giving it out and then I'd go back and get another one from somebody else. Oh dear. (laughs) And also I remember as a brownie we used to do the ways of the cross and so it was kind of a build up and just waiting for the easter sunday then we could eat all those wonderful easter eggs oh those were the days but anyway do you know why we eat eggs at easter have you ever thought about that i've been doing a lot of thinking about that and listen on okay Our expression this week is the opening line of the 1994 movie Forrest Gump, an uplifting tale depicting a man who happens to influence many historical events. You might have heard of it, or you might have heard the many famous quotes from the movie. There is quite the roster.
1: Hello, my name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. Would you like a chocolate?
0: Oh, thank you.
2: It's funny what a young man recollects. You're the same as everybody else. You are no different. Your boys. Different. Are you stupid or something? Mama
0: says stupid is as stupid does.
2: And Jenny,
0: I'm boys for a scope. But the focus will be.
1: I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said. Life was like a box of chocolates.
0: Life is like a box of chocolates, a wonderful expression about life that Forrest Gump uses to remind him of his mother and to begin telling the inspirational life story from a bus stop. Originally, the phrase was first said in Forrest Gump, as I said before, and I'm sure that's where most of our listeners got the quote from. However, when the director Robert Ziemkicks and screenwriter Eric Roth were writing the script and adapting from the book written by Winston Groom, they decided to change the opening line along with some other details. In the book, the quote goes, being stupid ain't no box of chocolates. Although the quote was changed, we still get a similar idea from both in comparing life to a box of chocolates, stupid or not stupid. The book Forest Gump has been labelled with a few issues in recent years, not just because of this quote, but in its entirety.
1: Book Forest is kind of racist and ableist and cynical, and the
0: whole book is just kind of I figured that I was going to have to adjust my expectations from the
1: literal first sentence. Instead of life is like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get, Forrest instead starts his story with, let me tell you, being an idiot is no box of chocolates.
0: The reason Zemchiks and Roth changed the quote isn't exactly known. We couldn't find anywhere what made them change the character or the metaphor. It could be they just thought it rolled off the tongue better. We can though differentiate a tone between the two. The book seems to have a doom and gloom, self-pitying and overall negative tone, whereas in the movie we get a sense of positivity and adds to the character's optimistic outlook. The director could also have wanted to go in a different way with the story, or just wanted to avoid offending people the way the book might offend them. Forrest is a simple man. He has a simple outlook on life, and of life's many intricacies. He doesn't get wound up on the small things. His mother told him, saying such as, life is like a box of chocolates, to make things easier to understand.
1: Why are you dying, Mama? It's my time.
2: It's just my time. Oh, now, don't you be afraid, sweetheart. Death is just a part of life. Something we're all destined to do. I didn't know it, but I was destined to be your mama. I did the best I could.
1: You did good.
2: Well, I happen to believe you make your own destiny. You have to do the best with what God gave you.
1: What's my destiny, Mom?
2: You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Life
3: is a box of chocolates, Forrest. You never know what you're going to get.
1: Mama. Mama. Always had a way of explaining things so I could understand them.
0: I will miss you, Forrest. The character we see in the movie and his famous quote comes across much more lovable than the one from the book. If we compare some key elements of the story, Forrest is slightly different from in the book. The book mentions no problem with Forrest Gump's legs or his back. The iconic line, run Forrest, run from the scene when he breaks from his braces. Fleeing from bullies is also new. In that same scene that he runs from his bullies, the book tells us that Forrest simply just punches them. The character we see in the movie doesn't ever resort to violence, not even at war in Vietnam. The film is just one example of the positive yet vague connotations life is like a box of chocolates can bring to us. Our special guest this week is our very own Choc Chick entrepreneur, Galia Orm, who we are so very excited to talk to. Galia's amazing Choc Chocolate Company uses organic raw cocoa ingredients, superfood cargo blends, vegan chocolates and cocoa snacks. It can be found in over 1,000 stores worldwide and take a good listen to this interview because there's something in the end of it that might interest you very much. Choc chick is a great name and really fits with today's Easter episode, even though it's a different kind of chocolate chick. Anyway, enough for me. Let's hear from Galia. nice to meet you. And of course, I've read a lot about you, but my listeners may not have. So tell us about yourself.
3: Thank you. Oh, It's lovely to meet you too. Well, I'm Galia. I love chocolate. I've loved chocolate my whole life. I'm originally from Argentina, but I've lived in lots of different countries around the world. And everywhere I lived, a little bit like the film Chocolat, my mother made chocolate. Unlike the film Chocolat, it's not such an easy process. And it's not as romantic. But nonetheless, I've always grown up with chocolate being made around me and enjoying and loving chocolate and hiding chocolates under my bed or in cupboards. And, you know, that's been a big part of my life. So about 13 years ago, I decided to make my love and passion for chocolate into a business and turn it into a company I now run, which is one of the great loves of my life. So, yeah, so I'm a bit of a chocolatier as well, which is amazing to say, yeah.
0: Yeah. So your company, what is it called? Where are you at with it?
3: Yeah, so it's called Choc Chick. So uh, one of my other passions was singing or being in music. So I wanted to be a rock chick, but I'm a bit too old now. So I thought, well, I'm not going to make money out of rock and roll. So I may as well um, make something else that I love. And it's called Choc Chick. So I've been importing... Uh, cacao ingredients directly from Ecuador and Peru and I've been out there I visit the farmers I have a direct link with the supply chain and we're sold in now in retail in Holland and Barrett in uh, over 600 stores in Holland and Barrett we're in lots of health food stores uh, Whole Foods Market John Lewis so we're in quite a few retailers and obviously online com to Amazon as well you can Find this on Amazon Prime.
0: You know, when we think of chocolate, maybe because of my background, we always think about the Caribbean. Yeah. You think about the Caribbean for for your chocolate.
3: Oh, absolutely. And the Caribbean is amazing because some of the most original, like native cocoa beans, grow in the Caribbean, like the Dominican Republic, even Dominica, the island of Dominica. And there's a whole regeneration now of, of cocoa plantations because. So many of those plantations were neglected because of the sugarcane and other crops and, you know, the awful slavery history. So cocoa, which has been native there for centuries... Uh, almost every family had a cocoa plant or tree in their backyard is now being resurrected. So I'm super excited about that. And I really want to be involved in that and helping more farmers to recognize the importance of the cocoa bean, the heritage of the cocoa beans. And there's so many great chocolatiers now in, in the Caribbean. So it's exciting. It's, it's like resurgence of Caribbean chocolate.
0: Remember we all love chocolate. And of course, Easter is a wonderful time for us to say, oh, I don't care about the diet. I don't care about anything. I just want to eat chocolate I have met maybe about two people in my lifetime who don't like chocolate but then I found out that they say oh I don't eat chocolate I don't like it it's not because of that it's because for some reason their stomachs can't take the substance of the chocolate it's not because they don't like it they like it but then The digestive system says, oops, this is not for me. We have gluten-free, we have all different types of things within your chocolates. Do you think of those things?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I set up my business because my daughter had a a dairy intolerant as a child. And one of the big, you know, inflammation factors in your bodies is dairy and sugar. So a lot of people might be allergic to the actual dairy in chocolate. It's rare to have gluten in chocolate, but that's if. You know biscuits or other things. So, but naturally, cocoa itself or cacao, which is the Spanish, refers to the more um, pure cocoa, the natural cocoa, the cacao um, is really high in nutritional properties. It has over 300 benefits to it. It has magnesium, antioxidants, it's really high in antioxidants. So it has a lot of benefits. It's just the different formats of how people have formulated chocolate that could cause, you know, allergies or reactions. So adding too much sugar, adding Too much dairy. Most of the chocolate has such a small percentage of cocoa, you know. And whereas a more high cocoa is 72% or even 54%, you've got a nice, decent amount of cocoa in there. So it depends very much on the percentage of cocoa relative to what's added, what other additives you have there. Yeah. So I, I mean the types of cocoa pods and beans are different all over the world. And you've got hybrid beans, you've got indigenous local beans and that will affect the taste maybe and maybe the quality but it, it shouldn't affect you know your digestion or anything.
0: One of the things that i always appreciate is the fact that you know being raised in the UK and in the Caribbean I actually got to see a real cocoa pod and I'm like what's that on a tree I couldn't believe it because it doesn't look anything that we imagine and then I was very fortunate to go to in St Lucia there are lots of cocoa plantations I would say lots of a few cocoa plantations and a couple of the um, owners there they actually produce their own chocolate and I know the Fondo they've an eco hotel and that's where Prince Charles uh, visited because they're just wonderfully eco and they do all things kind of chocolate and I think they were the first people on the island to say chocolate this is where we should be heading but then it's very kind of small batch you know then we have Hotel Chocolat they've been doing some wonderful things and yes
3: yeah they've got amazing plantations there yeah really ethical
0: I know they've seen them in the centre of London, and they're doing wonderful things as well. And then there's uh, also another a small cocoa factory. It's in the village called, it's just past, and I'm saying this for people who may be thinking about uh, travelling because they love chocolate. And there is a village called, it's not ancillary, Canneries. Just past Canneries, is called um, Chocolat saint Lucie, And it's beautiful, and they just do, you know, little delicate different mixes have got hot, mango fillings all kinds of it's it's wonderful so maybe when you're thinking of going on holiday as well cario one day you could yeah. check it out solution dominica as you said earlier yeah yeah definitely i'd love to go there lovely i truly appreciate all the hard work that goes into making it's a lot of physical work a lot of things you can take them to the factory and put them yes you can you can still do that but to get the really richness of the chocolate and so on it's it it is a procedure that you just have to kind of look at and think wow 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 and then the other thing that I think about when I think of chocolate is my grandmother used to make me what I call the pure natural um we call it cocoa tea and yes I know Oh, cocoa tea, I love it. Yeah, There are all, all different ways of making it, different yeah. ways of saying what it is. And when I travel, I say, Oh, do you have any cocoa tea? And I'm like, and then they say, Oh, chocolate milk. <laughs> and then, especially if I ask for it in the morning, they're like, Are you crazy? You want chocolate, hot chocolate, or cocoa tea in the morning? And I said, Well, I, I can drink it morning and noon and night Absolutely. And I, remember when I was younger it was it was lovely in terms of I didn't have to think about you know the milk the weight and also when as I get older I drink other people's cocoa tea like friends cocoa tea and some of them they just do it with lots of milk and spices and cinnamon and and all kinds of things nutmeg of course and yes. some of them even put um cornmeal I was surprised yes,
3: that's was typical saying, that's traditional is it yes absolutely the Aztec and Mayan used to put cornmeal because it thickens it so that was to make it thick that was before milk I mean you'd have water and cornmeal mainly mashed yes. up with it and it yeah
0: my grandmother did uh, to me she put corn flour or even flour but not cornmeal
3: cornmeal yeah that's the traditional traditional way of doing it yeah 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 that's uh, ancient that's yeah. amazing yeah
0: so what happens uh, when someone gives you a box of chocolate and they don't know you and they
3: don't know oh, what you <laughs> I'm so picky <laughs> (laughs) I'm so picky. Well, it's funny because your taste develops. So the more you try good quality chocolate, the more discerning you become, I guess. Because before my business, I probably had any chocolate. I'd eat anything. But now I'm really aware of the different flavors. And the. I can more or less tell if it's a single origin chocolate. You know, it's a bit like wine. You identify the fruitiness or the. you have like tobacco flavors in it. You might have different scents and smells and tastes and flavors that you wouldn't normally expect to have in cocoa so I'm a bit more aware of that but it has to be a really good box of chocolates for me and and if it's too sweet and sickly no it's a a disappointment really it's (laughs) not
0: well, you know, that brings us nicely into our metaphor. Life nice yeah. like a box of chocolates. What does that mean to you?
3: Well, it is really all-encompassing, all isn't it? You know, a box of chocolate has everything from the joy, you know, of biting into a delicious chocolate, you know, covered with caramel. It's smooth and rich. I always love, you know, it's a you know, life is nutty. So you've got your nuttiness from crunchy chocolates with nuts, or hazelnuts are or my favourite, actually. And it just encompasses everything, even from, you know, the disappointment. Disappointment, like i said of i hate strawberry cream so for me biting into strawberry treat cream is so sickly sweet and i find that disappointing and then back to the joy or satisfaction of a really rich dark chocolate um you know with a, a dark center or something it's got so many so much variety but also reflects everything in life doesn't it you know the ups and yeah,
0: downs definitely you know they say that dark chocolate is better than milk chocolate but my preference is milk chocolate i must say and milk like you I don't really li- I don't like it too sweet I like whole nuts in there yeah. um, oh gosh I love this conversation because it's bring me back to wonderful chat. <laughs> I used to work, I I did a period of being a temp, you know, because you want to make some money to do what you really want to do. And I remember they gave me a job at the Cadbury's, it wasn't the factory in London, but it was like their, like their wholesaler. So from the factory to their HQ and they had a chocolate shop just for the staff. Wow. Wow. I think I bought every single bit of different type of chocolate I did. They were doing chocolate I didn't even know they did. Yeah. You know? selling it. in those days, a bar of chocolate must have been about I don't know, 15p, 20p, something like that. And they were selling them in the shop for like 5p and tuppence. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I would go there.
3: Amazing. Amazing. But this is the thing is how many memories. It's so evocative, isn't it, chocolate? You have yes. so many memories from your first taste, from things you did as, you know, as a child or growing up or your favorite. It's so, so great to have these memories associated with such an amazing product. Yes.
0: And what about Easter? What do you do?
3: For Easter? Well I usually make my own chocolate which is because um, I am picky but also it's my business so um, I have lots of recipes on my website and it's really really simple to make pure raw or natural chocolate so it's just using the ingredients from the cocoa bean so it's cacao butter, cacao powder, all of that comes from the bean and so I essentially put the bean back together and just melt the chocolate ingredients. I put maple syrup because I do like Sweetness, so I put um, some maple syrup, and then I make things like peanut butter eggs. So I make instead of cream eggs, I put peanut butter in the middle, or uh, try and just make my own, you know, fruit and nut bars, or make my own to share with my friends and family. So yeah, it's a busy time of year for me. I love
0: it. You mentioned that this is actually not just something that you thought, "Wow, I love chocolate," but then you found out that it, it was actually, in a way, hereditary.
3: I know. It, yes, this is incredible because the first time I. F- Flew out to Ecuador to visit Cocoa Plantation because I always wanted to have a direct link and learn as much as I can about, you know, where it grows, the process and and meet the farmers. And I went with my dad and we flew out. And for most of the journey, the entertainment system wasn't working. He wanted to come with me and and take me around because we're originally from Argentina, but he worked in Ecuador for years. And on the flight, we we had to talk because there was nothing else to do. And uh, he said, my grandfather, who I'd never met, who died when my father was young, and it turned out he worked for the first chocolate factory in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. It's called Chocolates Noel, which was the first chocolate factory. And dad said that they had chocolate once a year. At Christmas, they would be given a big bag of chocolates from the factory, but they're very poor. It just a bit so reminds me of Willy Wonka's, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Roald Dahl's story, because it felt like that was my family's story, that my you know, my father was desperate always for chocolate. My grandfather worked in the factory, but only had once a year and they were incredibly poor. So and then to think that now I have my own chocolate business is, you know, my dad said on the flight, you know, your my, my father, your grandfather would have been so proud to know this. So it, it's very emotional and very special to think that, you know, after all that. His granddaughter has a chocolate company too. Well,
0: well, of course, it's it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you are making your livelihood doing something that you love. You know, and, thank you, uh, and thank you for joining us. So, Gally, I know that you have something interesting for our listeners.
3: Yes, yeah, I, you know, seeing as it's Easter, we'd love to give away some chocolate, and we've got these amazing quinoa pops. So it's like a healthier Malteser. So it's a dark chocolate, 60%, so it's not super dark, but um, covered it a uh, quinoa, popped quinoa that we make in Ecuador that's popped in our raw chocolate. And we're going to give away uh, 10. So we're going to send you a case of 10, which you can give away to your listeners. It's a 120 gram pack, so there's plenty to eat and share. Yeah, and you can have them either all yourself or you can use them to decorate your um, Easter eggs if you're making any or just share them with your friends. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. So listeners, you listen up, because I'll be giving you that question at the end of the show. But you know what, I might have even done it before. So let's see what's happening here. Okay. But I can assure you, you're going to be tasting something that was made with love. Right? Carly-
3: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Only with love. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Galia.
3: Thank you, Delia. Thank you.
0: What a fantastic guest, truly fit for this Easter season. You want to know how you'll get the chocolates, right? Well, all you have to do is visit colorful.com or our Facebook and Instagram pages, Metaphorically Speaking Delia, and it's all there, okay? How you can get those wonderful chocolates. Now, let's get back to our metaphor of the week and get stuck into what this quote could mean. Let's empty the full quote out onto the table life was like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get taking it from a literal sense you can compare getting a chocolate you like or one you don't like to a good day and a bad day when you think of eating a box of chocolates though eating a chocolate you don't like doesn't stop you from eating another have you thought of it that way you probably won't eat the same one again once you learn the shape or pattern on it. I
3: hate chocolate.
0: You do have a favorite chocolate in the box though, don't you? Is it a runny caramel? Maybe it's a chewy toffee, a fruity cream, or a minty one? Or are you still looking for your favorite chocolate? Or is that just an excuse?
1: An important room, this. After all, it is a chocolate
0: factory. Then why is the door so small?
1: It's to keep all the great big chocolatey flavor inside.
0: Unsatisfied with the previous chocolates you've tasted, connotations of satisfaction can often be paired with tasty chocolates. But I feel I can't really be satisfied with chocolates until I've tasted every single flavor in the box, apart from the fruity ones. I know straight away I'm not going to like them, so I just avoid those ones. But then if I eat too many chocolates, my tummy starts to ache a little and even more now that I've realized there's this FODMAP diet, which actually says you can take a little bit of chocolate, but then if you take too much, you may, if you're like me, have a sensitive stomach, then it can affect you. So this Easter, I'm going to kind of go very easy there. But that brings us to another idea. Temptation. Is one more than enough? Could you go for another? I often ask myself those Very questions when I'm staring down a delicious box of chocolates. But in life, we often need to pry ourselves away from temptations, no matter how good they taste. Using this perspective to understand the quote is a little more obvious. That was probably the idea, given that the character of Boris Gump has a lower than average IQ. If we want to analyse it deeper, it could be thought of as a saying to stop yourself from overcomplicating things. Ask yourself, why this chocolate? Chewing through all the reasons instead of just eating it and moving on to the next chocolate in your box. Maybe I should take my own advice and stop over-analyzing the quote and let you folks decide what it means for yourself. Speaking of over-analyzing, taking my own advice works sometimes. The phenomenon known as the Mandela effect has made a victim of this week's quote. If you haven't heard of this phenomenon, it's applied to certain events or things that a large part of the population remembers to be a certain way. However, the truth of the matter is that the real occurrence turns out to be different from our memory.
1: Let's do a little experiment. Picture the Monopoly man in your head right now, who, by the way, goes by Mr. Monopoly, incidentally, and canonically is actually named Rich Uncle Pennybags. What kind of middle name is Uncle? It's besides the point. What does Mr. Monopoly mean? look like. The Monopoly mascot has never, not once, been featured with a monocle. Fairly simple mistake to make, but how is it possible that so many people have experienced this very specific memory mix-up? According to associate professor of cognitive psychology Dr. Gene Brewer, it's a matter of memory reconstruction. As Brewer told Mental Floss in 2019, when you recall an event, you use memories around it, taking elements or pieces of other events and fitting them where they make sense. For Mr. Monopoly, it's believed that many people are conflating his appearance with that of Mr. Peanut, another prevalent fancy man mascot from around the same time period who dons a top hat, a cane, and a monocle. Let's do another experiment. Right now, do your best impression of Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs. Go ahead. If you have a cat or a dog, feel free to deliver it to them. They can be your Jodie Foster. Okay. Very creepy. Good job, everybody. If you said, hello Clarice, guess what? You just got mandela This is probably the most quoted line from that film, although Buffalo Bill's lotion line might be a close second, but Anthony Hopkins never says these words in the Silence of the Lambs. In the scene, you're probably remembering where he and Jodie Foster's character first meet, Hannibal says, Good morning. It's not even close. And yet many people can hear the terrifying Hannibal Lecter saying it in a very specific melodic tone in their heads.
0: The first case of the Mandela Effect came about when discussing the death of Nelson Mandela. Some people have thoughts of him dying in prison in the year 1980, even though he passed away in 2013 as a free man. i To the history of our metaphor we already have discussed the origin of life is like a box of chocolates but is that what forrest said in fact he said it slightly differently his exact words were life was like a box of chocolates i don't know about you but i've always remembered him saying is and not was and people on the internet still discuss it to this day
1: here's an original copy of forrest gump as you can see on the back, it says life is like a box of chocolates. If I can focus this in here, it's, it's a ninety-four, ninety-five copy. All right, so here it is. Let's put it in and see what it says.
0: Hearing it was like a box of chocolates doesn't really make sense. Even when you take into consideration Forrest Gump's mother saying it, using the word was would usually refer to something being over, unless... Morris Gump is a medium amongst his many other attributes, or perhaps Tom Hanks made a mistake and the director just decided to leave it. How do we know? Now that I'm on a roll of analysis, I'd like to look towards the symbolism of a box of chocolate. It can often be a gift. Well. That's if you're one of the lucky few to receive a box of chocolates. A sweet treat that we can share or keep all to ourselves. The sweet treat of chocolate is also a symbol for love and affection. Gifting chocolates on Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas Day, and how could we forget the period of Easter, especially as this is our Easter episode. I think it's nice to view it in this way. To cherish the gift of life, love and affection and to share it with others. Because I think we can all agree eating a box of chocolates to yourself is always a big old box of regrets in the long run. (laughs) There we go, analyzing again. I'm sure the saying is all the same to Forrest as it is to us regardless.
1: That's all I have to
2: say about that.
0: Looking at another iteration of the metaphor, we can look to the miserable words of the cigarette-smoking man in an episode of The X-Files. Here, you'll hear him exclaim in his anguish towards a homeless man who is eating his way through a box of chocolates found in a bin.
1: Life is like a box of chocolates. A cheap, thoughtless, perfunctory gift that nobody ever asks for. Unreturnable because all you get back is another box of chocolates. So you're stuck with this undefinable whipped mint crap
0: that you mindlessly wolf down when there's nothing else left to eat
1: sure once in a while there's a peanut butter cup or an english toffee but they're gone too fast and the taste is fleeting
2: so you end up with nothing but broken bits filled with hardened
1: jelly and teeth-shattering nuts if you're desperate enough to eat those and all you've got left is a it's an empty box filled with useless brown paper wrappers.
0: Very interesting take on the old box of chocolates. I think I prefer the more simplified and light-hearted version. I guess it just depends on how you take life. In a more recent event, an American Scarecrow Festival used today's quote to address current global affairs. A participant in the Scarecrow competition was dressed up and decorated like a straw Forrest Gump. Sitting on a bench next to a sign, it read, Life is like a box of chocolates, but 2020 is nothing but nuts, a perfect quote to sum up that year and the ones following. On the topic of recent years, TikTok has taken over the social media scene almost entirely.
2: Here's how TikTok became TikTok
0: and racked up
2: billions of downloads so quickly. In 2012, a tech startup called ByteDance was founded by a Chinese entrepreneur in his late 20s who admired Silicon Valley icons and had done a brief stint at Microsoft.
1: ByteDance has actually been around for eight years now. In the company's origin story, you know, they talk about starting out of like a modest apartment in Beijing And Zhang Yiming, so the founder and CEO of ByteDance, he was in part motivated to start ByteDance because he noticed how a lot of people in China were now reading the news off their phone.
2: After creating an AI-driven news platform that still exists today, ByteDance launched a short video sharing app in 2016 called Douyin. Users could upload videos, put popular songs in the background, and work with an array of editing tools all within the app.
1: Douyin in China was also kind of marketed as a way, let's say for companies or brands, to get in touch with Gen Z.
2: But since it only operates in China, it's subject to Chinese regulations, which means certain topics can be censored. If ByteDance wanted to go global with the app, it had to make some tweaks for international markets. So in 2017, TikTok was born. Douyin stayed in Chinese app stores, and TikTok was made available in Apple and Google Play stores abroad. In its first year on the global market, ByteDance acquired Musical.ly, a lip-syncing app popular in North America, and folded it into TikTok.
0: Even social media like Instagram and YouTube are following a similar format with reels and shorts. TikTok's rise to the top started with dance challenges to popular songs on the platform. One challenge featured a song with the lyrics, Life is like a box of chocolates. But that again holds a very different meaning. The rest of the song's lyrics contrast the light-hearted connotations we've looked at. Not sure we want to dampen the nice explanation we talked about by playing it though. The song is explicit and we want to keep things nice and lighthearted here. This brings our attention to our newly made TikTok account where we will be posting metaphor related content. You can find us by searching at Metaphors Delia Delore or follow the links in our other social media platforms to find us. I'm afraid that's all we have time for on this week's Metaphorically Speaking. Let us know your interpretation of life is like a box of chocolates on our social media. You might be thinking outside of the chocolate box and surprise us with your thoughts. Before you go, I'd like to share this story with you. Some time ago, I was in Savannah, Georgia, and I sat on a replica of the bench that Tom Hanks sat on, it was in the exact place, but the actual bench is in a museum and you can actually see it displayed. But I sat on on a replica and there was sitting there, I should say an actor <laughs> dressed the same way with a box of chocolates, sitting there. So I sat next to him and I, I asked him, I said, hey, how are you? And he told me that his mom told him not to speak to strangers. So I asked him if I could have a chocolate and um, he kind of he opened the box and I can't remember I remember looking to see if there was any chocolates in there and then he quickly closed it and said oh you know he's got to go home now and I remember just going to another bench and I sat there and I thought to myself wow here's this person sat in setting the exact place it's a publicity thing I suppose but it worked and it really made me start thinking about the quote life is like a box of chocolates' because you really don't know what it is you're going to choose Even though sometimes on the box it tells you what's there, it just sometimes doesn't taste the same or how you imagine it to be. Thanks for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. We hope that you've learned something new. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach us at colorful.com forward slash win. And we'd love you to share the show with your friends or leave a review on colourful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify, and all major streaming platforms please help us grow and feel free to contact us at info at metaphorically speaking.uk if there is a metaphor that you'd like us to talk about or perhaps you might like to be a guest. Join us for another metaphor next week. I'm Delia Delore. Until next week, have a wonderful Easter and keep safe. Goodbye.